Uh, please make sure and uh, encourage them and invite them to be a part of that. Um, Bradley has uh, some of the door hangers, um, and I know Dustin has some of those. They look really nice. Um, so if you want some of those, see Bradley or Dustin and uh, be handing those out and inviting people to be a part of our Vacation Bible School. Uh, it, it will not be successful without workers, and we have some of those, but may need more. And it will not be successful without young people. So we need young people and we want uh, to make sure that those young people are here and they are taught about the Word of God. Tonight's lesson is may not be the easiest to talk about uh, because we do have a lot of negative in our world and sometimes we uh, view uh, a lesson like this as negative. And I guess to some degree there is some negative aspects about hell because uh, I was talking to someone other, earlier and I said I don't want to go there. Uh, and it's a place that, that we do not want to go. And as we talked about this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and they uh, taught their children, they were commanded to teach their children the commandments of God. And I thought this morning um, that was on my mind as we think about our children is that we also teach them not only the commandments of God but we also and teach them about heaven because God is there, Jesus is there, the Spirit is there, and all the redeemed are there. But also of a place called hell because I don't want to go there and I don't want to see my kids there and I don't want to see others there. One person has said, never fear. There are only two kinds of people in the end, those who say to God, Thy will be done. And those to whom God says in the end, Thy will be done. All that are in hell choose it. Without that self-choice, there could be no hell. No soul that is seriously and constantly uh, desires joy will ever miss it. Those who seek find to those who knock, it will be opened. Do you realize that most people in our world, most people that you would talk to, they definitely, likely believe in a place called heaven. But also many of those same people would not believe in a place called hell. Why do we have a place called hell? Why do we have a place called heaven? Do you remember back in the book of Genesis, when all this separation, if you will, began? Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. 
Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. You see, we want to begin thinking about this idea of hell, and we will end thinking about this same idea, that sin came into the world and it caused separation from that relationship that man had. And now, in the end, we have a place called heaven and a place called hell. And a few weeks ago, we looked at heaven. And in, in the one-word study book, Dr. Ed Gallagher, uh, many of you may know Ed, he's a great, great mind of Scripture, he talks about, about three, there are several words that stand for the term hell. And I want us to notice a few of those. The first one is the term tartar, tarsus. It's the Greek, one of the Greek words that is translated hell. And it's only found one time in the New Testament. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4, where the Bible says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, Tartarsus, and delivered them into chains of darkness to, reserve, to be reserved for judgment. Now, Dr. Gallagher also shares how it's difficult to, to really know the meaning of this term tartarsis. Whether it really refers to the literal place of hell where the, the wicked uh, end up, or whether it refers to the negative side of Hades. Hades being that, um, that realm of the dead. And so the, we have the word Tartarsus. Another word that he says means uh, hell is Gehenna. It appears 12 times in Scripture and all but once are on the lips of Jesus. There's also a Greek phrase or, or, or a Greek word that is a transliteration from a Hebrew phrase that means an actual valley south of Jerusalem associated with child sacrifice. This is found in 2 Kings chapter 23, Jeremiah chapter 7, and chapter 19 and chapter 32, and 2 Chronicles chapter 28. Makes sense, a place... Uh, associated with such wickedness would be, have connotation to this word Gehenna, meaning hell. Jesus also gave association to this valley as an image of an awful place where the wicked would go to Gehenna. I want us to notice a few passages of Scripture, if you will. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5, and this is where another uh, word for the term hell appears in Scripture. And some of these next Scriptures we'll look at deal with the idea of hell or Hades. In Isaiah chapter 5, in verse 14, the Bible says, Therefore Sheol has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure. Their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. This idea of Sheol is a monster that is never satisfied. Uh, this seems to be the place of the dead. You remember the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, 
Uh, for it's appointed to man, once to man, to what? To die. And after that, the judgment. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 9 tells us that people exist there as shades. In Genesis chapter 37 and verse 35, it tells us that Jacob will go there to meet Joseph. And in Job chapter 7 and verse 9, the Bible tells us there is no coming back from this place of Sheol, this Hadean realm. Once the soul is there, it's there. There are some Old Testament passages that do not uh, have the image of Sheol as a place of punishment or a place of reward, but just merely a place where the dead exist. In the New Testament, there's the idea of this monster that devours everyone, and it's called by the Greek, uh, used with Greek word, Hades. Turning your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 20. And I want you to hold your finger there because we'll come back to Revelation chapter 20, or put your marker there, we'll come back here a couple of times. In the book of Revelation, there's this one that follows death. Um, Dr. Gallagher explained this like the grim reaper. Um, waiting and seeking for those who have been reaped uh, by the horsemen. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 8. And also, speaking of this idea of this Hadean realm, Acts chapter 2 verses 27 and verse 31 is the place where Jesus went to before His resurrection. In Revelation chapter 20, we have a picture of the lake of fire. The Bible calls it the second death. Once you notice verses 13, 14, and 15. Here this it gives this picture of this great white throne of judgment. And in verse 13, the Bible says, The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Have you ever been burned? Hurts, doesn't it? I remember one time when, when our boys were younger, we had a fireplace and one of them touched the fireplace. And in trying to teach them about do not touch the fireplace, but also there is a place that if you choose to go there by the way you live and the choices you make through life, in other words, in the choice you make to turn away from God, there's a place called hell and it is a place... Uh, speaking of fire, eternal torment. Remember the rich man and Lazarus said, will you allow Moses to come and just dip the tip of his finger in some water and, and let that drop of water cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 also thinking about this term, Hades. The Bible says that Hades will not prevail against Christ's church. 
Isn't that awesome? To think about the realm of the dead, to think about Satan, to think about anything else, being able to overcome church, the church nothing will when we choose to be a part of His church and follow God. Turning your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, and we'll also notice Matthew chapter 25 if you want to hold your place in both of those. Matthew chapter 10 and also Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 10, and this goes back to the term Gehenna. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear Him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And then Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41. The Bible says, Then He will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from Me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And the book of Revelation tells us that's the second death, that lake of fire. It gives us the idea that hell is a very unpleasant place. There are other images of hell throughout Scripture. One that talks, speaks about weeping and gnashing of teeth, Matthew chapter 13. Uh, another place talks about it being uh, a place of darkness, Matthew chapter 8, verse, in chapter 22 and chapter 25. The word eternal in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 46. Notice what the Bible says. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. A verse there that carries so much weight that, that indicates to us the two resting places of the soul. Everlasting punishment. But the righteous into eternal life. And then also back in Revelation chapter 20. I want you to notice verse 10 or listen to verse 10. Revelation chapter 20. The devil who received them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, does that sound like a place that, that you want to be? That's not a place that I want to be. Which reminds us of the importance of our choices. Each and every day. This lake of fire, this place of darkness, this unpleasant place of torment, day and night, forever and ever. But you know what the saddest thing is about hell? Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 9, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction. Here it is. From the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. You see, the Bible talks about uh, Satan and his angels are there. The Bible talks about the beast and the false prophet are there. But the, 
the Bible never speaks of God, of Christ, of the Holy Spirit being there. One version says of this verse, separated from the presence of the Lord. Separated from the presence of the Lord. You ever notice those people that seem to have a good life? They have a good family. Everything seems to go well in their family. And in fact, they, they, they seem to have everything right. They, in fact, they seem to have their spiritual life in order. And yet, many times we see some of those very people hand that over for things of the world. They turn those things over. They exchange them for things of the world. I'm reminded of as we think about this illustration. Do you remember you remember Moses in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 also back in in the book of Genesis. Moses how he came into the house of Pharaoh you remember after he after he's grown up, then he 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 kills this this Egyptian, and then he he sees two Hebrews fighting, and and he says, "Hey man, don't don't do that. You're your brothers, your kinsmen." And they say, "What are you going to do? You're going to kill one of us like you did the Egyptian?" And then the Bible says that he flees. But what the book of Hebrew Hebrews chapter eleven tells us about Moses. It says, by faith when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. That was his choice. He would rather suffer with God's people than to enjoy sin. He chose. And some people have such a good life, and yet they exchange it. They walk right into it. They choose to live a life that if ended at that time, would send them to hell. Ever heard of Dante's Inferno? It's filled with people who choose their own punishments. Bloodthirsty people spend eternity drowning in boiling blood, for instance. And while Scripture doesn't contain this kind of picture, what Dante's point is that choices we make determine our destiny. We can choose God, heaven, or we can choose the devil and hell. Paul would tell us in Romans chapter 6, we're going to be a slave to one thing or the other. Whether of sin leading to destruction, hell, or of righteousness leading to eternal life. As we've already mentioned, one of the things about hell 
is that there's separation. Separation from God. Think about the characteristics of God. Exodus chapter 34, listen to it. Verses 6 and 7. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. God is gracious. God is long-suffering and merciful and good and truthful. And He will not be there. Do you also remember in the book of Galatians, In chapter 5, when Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit or the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, this is what he he, he talks about those who walk after the Spirit. There's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. God will not be there because hell is a place of punishment. Hell is a place of destruction. Hell is a place of darkness. Hell is a place of eternal torment. Not of mercy, not of goodness, not of kindness, not of truthfulness, but of punishment. And you know what? Most of us would probably say, I don't want to go there either. You know what the reality is? Here's the reality. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. That's who God is. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, this morning as I talked about when you get to hold that newborn baby, that child, and you love that child so much. And one of the things that you want to do is is you want to see that child grow and, and be successful and do good things in life. And one of the things too, I'm sure, of all of us parents who love our children, do not ever want to see them end up in hell. And that's why we pray. And that's why we involve ourselves in spiritual matters with one another. And that's why we teach God's principles. But we also teach about this place of punishment. A place that I don't want to go. A place that I don't want to see you or my children or my loved ones end up either. Which prompts us out of love. For God did not wish, does not wish for any to perish. For God so loved the world. Why? That He gave His only begotten Son. That's what God has done. God has provided us a way to heaven. John chapter 14, 
John said, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. That where I am, there you may be also. You see, Jesus is not in hell. He's in heaven. But God wants us, like Adam and Eve, from the beginning, to choose. To make a choice. And to choose Him. You remember what Joshua said? Now people, Israelites, people of God, you make your choice right now what you want to do. Do you want to serve the gods where we came from? Do you want to serve the gods in whose land you dwell right now? That's fine. You make the choice. But here's the choice. I'm making the choice. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hell is a place that we don't want to go. Neither does God want to see us there. Have you made the commitment to Jesus tonight? If you're here, if you're here, let, allow us to plead with you out of love because we don't want you to end up in hell. We want to see you in heaven. That's where we're trying to get. That's why we're giving our life to Jesus. Have you done that tonight? If not, there may be some here. If not, we've talked about Memorial Day and how great it is to remember and think about what that day means. But wouldn't it be a greater Memorial Day if your name was written in the Lamb's book of life because you gave your life to Jesus tonight? So that when you lay your head down tonight, because you know there's a place called hell, you can say, it is well with my soul. Maybe it is you're here tonight and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord so that you can make sure that you continue in a right relationship with Jesus. If you have a need to respond to the night, don't wait another moment. Come forward and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing. Create me a new heart, O God, and renew our spirit within.